I, I think that everybody is so concerned about what is this going to do to students as they try to pass a class, move to the next grade. And all the talk that we've been hearing and that my friends in actually in Pennsylvania and a couple other places, but I've, you know, a bunch there, I'm hearing a lot of talk that everyone's worried about making sure the seniors graduate. I've heard zero, literally zero discussion aside from what you and I have talked about, uh, about what those seniors are going to do after we get them through, you know, whether they pass a test or we just pump some grades into the grade book or, you know, they they do a project, whatever we're going to do to verify their diploma. Okay. So this actually brings us to uh, one of the concerns about K through 12 and especially high school education in itself. We haven't heard anything from our employer. And I suspect this is true of all of the what nearly a hundred thousand school systems across the country about what are we communicating anything to seniors, to college bound people, to job bound people about what they're going to do after graduation. Cause we'll have some kind of graduation. It'll be virtual. Yeah. And I know that's going to frustrate and disappoint a lot of uh, students and their families, but how, how funny is it though, that we've heard more concerns about what do we do about prom and the graduation ceremony? Right. And what do we do to help you for the next one to five years of your life? Right. You know, I, we, we, we maybe are taking our eyes off the ball a little bit here. Well, maybe it's, it hasn't been on the ball all along. So this is my point. I'm frustrated that no one's reaching out to the graduating seniors about what to expect, to give them a heads up about the things that we're talking about. Um, even if it is just speculation. And I suspect that's well-intentioned in that they don't want to layer on another um, level of um, anxiety, uncertainty, because families and students are going through an awful lot right now. But they are adults, or they, we should be treating them like adults. And I think it's only fair that we alert them to many of the concerns that you and I are talking about here. But is that any different than what we usually do? In our school system, we spend certainly all of, well, I could guess we could extend it down to sixth grade now up to 12th grade, that your end-all be-all of this process is that you go to college. We never mention that only about half of you will finish college, which certainly has its downsides, but also consider that our culture is not falling apart, at least until you get a pandemic. There isn't necessarily anything wrong with that, but certainly there are a lot of negative aspects about that that we should think about. But does does public education or any kind of traditional education ever actually concern itself with what happens to you after 12th grade? And so if we're not communicating to them our concerns about what your expectations were for August and September, we never have been. We paint this often rosy picture about the college experience and how it's the key to success when, again, barely half the people that go off to college actually finish college. Right. So it's something that, you know, I know I am one of a million teachers who uses the same cliche. uh, And I think it's probably most often stated in English and social studies classes, but it's my job to help you with how to think, not, you know, I I don't need to tell you what to think kind of deal. This is probably a good time for someone and whether 
individual teachers, you and I get the go ahead for this, or if this is something that upper administration wanted to communicate, it's probably a good time to help people with how to think about it. You mm-hmm. know, saying, saying we don't know what's going to happen in the fall is okay, but saying that we shouldn't consider it and try to prepare is not, right. you know, the idea of it's almost the equivalent of firing our pandemic response team. <laughs> right. And then, and then, you know, two years later, oops, there are certain things that we should be doing. There are certain investments that we should make that we don't know if we're fully right about, but maybe we're hedging our bets a little bit. And I don't think it's a bad thing to help students prepare because whatever little bit of anxiety might come with it now, imagine how much better they right. feel in the fall. If, if they are in a bad situation, they've already had a chance to process it. I mean, imagine for a student who assumes that this is all just going to go away early in the summer and all of a sudden it's mid July and they get that email saying you can't come to campus. You know, think about the sheer terror that a lot of our students would experience in that moment. Right. Um, at least psychologically they should be, um, at least aware that that could happen or, and, and again, you know, I've been asking students what communications they've been getting from their colleges and they're not getting anything, which I'm not surprised, but again, that doesn't help with their sense of wait and see when it might be, well, let's wait and see, but what should I be doing just in case, which would be my preference. Yeah, I mean, you know, as a as a parallel for this, there are there's still I, I I haven't checked in a few days. There's still several states. I, I'm going to guess about half, maybe over half, uh, who have not closed schools for the remainder of the school year, mm-hmm. but who are very rapidly approaching their return date, and everyone's pretty clear they're not going back, or you know, they right. extended early May. That that sort of short term activity is is a problem. And I think it's one of the best things that our local administration has done, the superintendent did, was that he made the decision we were going to close before everyone else said it. And then when the governor comes along and extends it a little bit, and you know, I, I think the willingness to act there is one of the things I respect most because sometimes you have to just take the information available and do it, right? But when we keep doing these incremental delays, while that has an immense optimism to it and, and maybe is good for yeah. people's sort of feelings. I don't know if it's good for helping us prepare. And, and the example I was going to give is this year, my son, he's only three and a half. Well, he'll, he'll be four in June. Uh, so we signed him up for T-ball. Now I did this just because I was amazed that he could sign up that early. I thought we had a whole nother year to wait. Right. <laughs> and so I did, I was like, Oh cool. They must have like a, a little kids category. And I signed up and I was going to coach and all this. And we did the first meeting. We got all the gear and um, the day before our first practice, they were suspended for two weeks, nothing for two weeks. And you got about a week, week and a half in, another two weeks. And this isn't from local. This is like the International Little League Baseball Association. I just got another email today and I, I haven't, I didn't read the whole thing, but I don't think it has a date, but it, it has all these like bright graphics and we're going to get you out on the field soon. President Trump tweeted on Saturday, something about to all the Little League players in the, in the world, we're going to get you out on that field soon. Don't you worry. I'm like, I mean, that's nice. And, and let's be honest, Little League Baseball is probably the least of our concerns at the moment. Mm-hmm. But we are talking about, you know, thousands upon thousands of people involved. And when they keep saying two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, I don't know that anybody makes a long-term plan. Now, for Little League, that probably doesn't matter, right? If they say, hey, go to practice, cool, we can have practice, or, or we won't. If we're talking about investing $50,000 for your first year of college, maybe that's not something we should be 
putting off two weeks right. and then reconsider, you know, maybe we should just go ahead and start, as you said, creating those contingency plans because the big stuff probably can't wait. Oh yeah. And what you were saying is true. If we look at what's happened over the past month, initially it was going to be two weeks and then, you know, people are hoping by Easter. And I know a lot of these dates are, were controversial at the time and, you know, divisive as far as politics and all that go, but it's always been a moving target. So based on the experience of the past month, how confident can you really be that something that you planned on for August and September will actually happen? A survey just a week ago of um, a couple hundred college presidents, and this was just two weeks ago, two out of five of them said they really don't know what's going to happen. I suspect that number may have increased since then and may actually have created a whole new category of we're definitely going to be online. But if the past month is any experience, what you're saying is true. We really shouldn't be counting on optimism as far as a return date to some kind of normalcy. And as you say, with the amount of money, um, time, effort, and again, let's face it, our, a lot of our seniors have been checked out since December, you know, because they're already living the college life. And, I, and as you said, I know some of them are waiting for decisions right now or in the past couple of weeks, but this has been their whole post-high school life is suddenly... I think they need to realize that it's in question as to how it's going to happen and when it's going to happen and where it's going to happen. And I don't know the answer to what you do, but I think having a mindset that I should be aware of it and be thinking of things to do is really important right now. And I think that's the thing that's most concerns me. 